Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Today, Hope Unlimited, stand to your feet and thank God for Pastor Harry Saylor. Come on and tell him we love him. Thank you all. Please be seated. It's, uh, it's our honor for my wife of 45 years. Stand up. Stand up. I'm going to make you stand up. If i got to stand up, this. please. So probably the first question is how, and I don't know. Uh, just thankful. But we are this morning. We're delighted uh, to be here for your second anniversary and uh, celebrating that with you and uh, Pastor Casey and Lindsay, we go back, they were teenagers. I will never forget and I doubt that he will, he may not even remember it or not. Real quickly, we were, uh, there, we, we live in a small town in Alabama and uh, called Winfield and uh, we had a restaurant called Boar's Butt. For real. We were at that restaurant one evening after church. I don't even remember everything about it. Uh, I was actually at a table. Pastor Casey was over at the table next to us. At that time, he was talking about a church that didn't exist. A dream that was in his heart. That was over 20 years ago, at least right at 20 years ago. And so to be able to stand here today and uh, just celebrate what God is doing with this vision and dream and you is an amazing thing. And, and I'm, I, I've said this everywhere and anywhere. Uh, Pastor Casey is, in my opinion, one of the finest ministers of the gospel anywhere. I'm telling you. Now, at my age, everybody's young. Now, I know he's not young, but I, it's just, it, it, it really, a, a, just an expositor of the Word of God, loves the Word of God, preaches the Word of God, and uh, he and, and Lindsay, we, we love them and honor them, and you as well. Now, let me get going this morning. I want you to look in, uh, in the scripture, it'll be on the screen. I'm going to look at a very familiar story. I want to talk about church this morning. How many knows you're in church, right? Well, church gets a lot of uh, negative rap, in my opinion. Church gets beat up a lot, and I get it. I've been, you know, I've been in church just about all of my life, I, I, don't, I really don't remember anything else. You know, uh, it's one of those things that at our home, church was never an option. It, it just wasn't. My dad was a morning person. How many don't like morning people? That would come in there whistling, whistling and all that sort of thing. When he pecked on the door on Sunday morning and said, get up, he never stuck his head in the, in the door and said, son, do you feel like going today? Have you got other plans? 
It was a matter when he rapped on the door and said, get up. You got up and you got ready. There was just no option in that. So I want to talk about a little bit of that. I'm going to look at a familiar story in Luke chapter 2. I'm going to pick up at verse 41. Let me read the scripture to you and then we'll do a little chat, do a little talking. So picks up here. His parents went, talking about Jesus, went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they'd finished the days as they would return, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Joseph and his mother didn't know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey, sought him among their relatives and acquaintances, So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, Joseph, Mary, and his mother said to him, son, Why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. If you've ever had a child get away from you anywhere, you understand the anxiety of the moment that they felt. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? A better translation would be, didn't you know that I need to be in my father's house? Then he says this, but they didn't understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them, came to Nazareth, was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, favor with God and men. Now may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the word of God and to the ears that hear this morning in this room. Amen. So I want to talk about this story. It's very familiar. I'm going to give me, I got to do a little disclaimer. My wife, uh, Sandra, shared a little devotional during our 21 days from this passage. And as she was sharing it, this thing exploded in me. I began to see something here I'd never seen before. And uh, the other thing is that her voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit are eerily similar. (laughs) So an interesting thing here, Jesus's parents took him every year to the temple to celebrate the feast of Passover. Every year, it says, according to their custom, they took him up to the temple And uh, so when I'm looking at this, here's what I begin to see. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna parallel the temple and the church this morning. I want to I want to I want to parallel this for just a a little bit. So, could I say to you that Jesus's parents were very intentional about taking him to church? I want to say it again. They were intentional about taking him to church. And they, it, you know, I, I love the fact that here's, there's some things I think that's interesting in this. 
He could not have gotten there if they didn't take him. Somebody had to, so they took him year in, year out to the temple. What we do know about Jesus's life is that even when he announced his ministry, he was in a synagogue or a local church. His life revolved around synagogue and temple, local church, and then the temple itself. His whole life revolved around that, his announcements. It's interesting that when Peter gave what I consider the greatest revelation that ever fell from the lips of man, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. When asked the question, who am I? Jesus said, who am I? He said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And so what did he say? And I say to you, Peter, and on this rock, I will build my, everybody say my, my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Just not, you know, everything that you sang this morning, everything that we worshiped to, everything that we said over and over again, that the gates of hell will not prevail. And although the church has been maligned through the centuries, as I stand here today, the church is the one thing that has withstood every empire. The church has been one thing that has been constant in every civilization and has continued to triumph. And I'm going to tell you right now, the church is triumphant and will be triumphant. Mm, well, I've got to watch here. Let me, I'm, i got to get a point or two in. So let me ask this question. Who are you bringing? Who are you bringing? Who are you, Jesus, listen, I'm, I think parents, the best thing that you can do for your kids is get them in church. It's a, I, you know, I mean, I was like everybody else. I was a rascal. I didn't want to be, I was writing notes to girls. I was, you know, yes, no. <laughs> do you love me? You know, <laughs> come on. You know what I'm talking about. I, all, all of that sort of thing. I went to a Sunday school class that had the meanest woman on earth. And, uh, you know, that just terrorized us and made us read a scripture every Sunday and went through all of that. We went, went through all of that. But I'm going to tell you what, being in the house of God is the most important thing that happened in my life. I'm telling you, it made, it made, I'm here today because of that. Now, let me give you some things that happened because they took Jesus to church. Number one is uh, he fell in love with God's house. He fell in love with God's house. Even though it had imperfections, Jesus fell in love with the house that was dedicated to God. I'm going to say it again. He fell in love with this thing. Why did he do that? They took him and put him in the place. They took him and put him in the place. And because of the place that he was in, he fell in love with this thing. It's interesting to me in this story. Jesus is not wandering around Jerusalem. He's not in the marketplaces. He's not looking at all the other buildings. He's sitting in the temple and he's talking to the elders and he's talking to the priests at 12 years old, asking questions, answering questions. They didn't realize 18 years later, he would be the one stunning them with questions of his own. Where did it happen? Everybody say in the house. 
I'm telling you, hope unlimited. Where does it happen? In the house. In the house. Now, when I got to looking at this, it's interesting that Psalms 28.6 says this, Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. The things that's happened in my life that's marked me for life is being in the house of his habitation and the presence of God touch and move even if I didn't understand it. Even if I didn't know what was going on. You hear what I'm saying? And there was a lot of things I didn't know what was going on. But I love the presence and the glory of the habitation of the house of God. Not only that, uh, I think it's interesting that his parents took him to the temple and then the temple got on, got in him. It's got to get in you. It's got to get in you. I mean, not, here, here's the deal. You, you guys are going to affect Knoxville. I was sitting there thinking now, 20 years from now, 20 years from now, y'all are going to be celebrating an anniversary. Now, I'll probably be gone and be with Jesus. I was thinking, gee, they're not going to ask me back at 88. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking, but I'm thinking 20 years from now, it will be an incredible moment when you stand up in your facility, wherever that may be in this city. Can I speak that? Because listen to me, you haven't just made it two years. This, you're going to make it all the way. This is not, this, listen. I, I, I totally, 100% believe that from the moment. In fact, I can go back to that table that Pastor Casey was sitting at and hear that dream over and over again. That dream is not a dream of some foolish little young guy. That's a dream that God has dropped in his heart that would not die. All right, let me move along. So, David said this, we'd come talk about this last night. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's gotta be that that's within that, that we're glad it's the day of the Lord. It's the moment that we can come together. Worship, by the way, your worship was amazing. Just come on, just amazing, loved it. We were glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let me give you this. It is interesting in this passage in the church, in the temple, is where he found his identity. He found his identity in the temple. He found who he was in the temple. When his, uh, I think when his uh, parents replied to him, as I said, what, what's going on? Where have you, you've scared us to death. He said, I must be about my father's business. God's house is where he come to understand God was his father. The pulpit commentaries say that the first two chapters of Luke, and I love, the, I love Luke's gospel, and, and actually Luke's gospel begins with, these are things that I have thoroughly examined these are things that I've researched. These are things that I have, I have went in detail. So the first two chapters of the book of Luke, according to the pulpit commentaries, are the personal account of Mary telling Luke, this is what happened. 
And there's a strong possibility the apostle Paul, would you like to have been in on that conversation? As she said, now say, so here, here's how this all happened. And when he was 12 years old, we took him to the temple. And then that, and, 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 and he's, we lost him there. And so the whole story revolves around this. I would love to, here's two conversations I'd like to have. I would have liked to got that story, but then I'd like to have the story of the conversations thereafter. Because it's here he finds his identity. God is, listen, I love Joseph, but God's my father. Coming to the revelation. See, here, here, here's something that you need to know. Jesus had to lay down his prerogatives of everything of past existence to come into the earth to be the human that he became in order to be our savior. He had to do that. He could, listen to me, he didn't break the womb saying I'm the son of God. He had to come to a, can you imagine coming to the revelation? Could, could, could you imagine maybe a conversation like this where he's, he's reading and obviously at 12 years old, he is already uh, being schooled in, in all of the, uh, the first books of the Old Testament. He, he is, he's learning all of that. He's going through all of that. But could you imagine the, the conversation that he had with, with, with his mother and he says to Mary, you know, it says something about the Messiah being born in Bethlehem. Uh, where was I born? Uh, Y'all all right? You know, I'm, 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 I'm looking at this and tell me a little bit more, mom, about this. And all of a sudden he is, or not just all of a sudden, but there's a progression now of him beginning to realize I am the Messiah. Isn't it interesting that he's sitting in the temple during the time of the feast of the Passover that is designated and talking about and recounting the history of a lamb that was slain in order to free people from their captivity. And all of a sudden, his in, in this, now he's not only finding his identity He's beginning to discover a purpose. Maybe his life is, is different than everybody else. Now he sees, I have a purpose way beyond at 12 years old. His eyes is being open to who he is. Where did it happen? In the house. In the house. See, here's the deal. You've got a world of people out here that don't know their identity. They are grasping the wrong identities. And the only way they can know their identity, listen to me, the only way they can know their identity is in the house. You gotta find out who your father is. You gotta find out who your family is. We talked about the small groups, the different things. You gotta find out who your family is. You gotta find out who your father is. It happens in the house. Church is not just something we do. All right. So I, excuse me. So we're looking at this. So it was in the house that he came to discover God as father. Hear this personally. Corporately, the Jews understood the idea of God as father, but it's all in a metaphorical situation. It was not personal. But Jesus said, 
I must be about my. It become personal to him. He's not just a father God in the idea of the Old Testament. He is my father. Well, I'm telling you, every person in here today, my, my prayer is that everyone comes to the realization that he can be your father. Your father changes everything when you get there. And then, not only that, this is where Jesus began to understand his purpose. His purpose. His purpose. You're not going to find purpose outside of God's will for your life. God's will for your life is, listen, I, is in the house. It's in the house. It is absolutely critical that you get that the church is not, and I, is not just something you go to. It's not just, uh, it's, it's not a, a convenience or an inconvenience. It is the place where Jesus found out who he was, what he was about, what his life mission was, all happened in church. And that's for you as well. Let me ask you this. How many, in, in, how many was, that you have a church background? Let me see your hand. How many got church background? I'm going to get them a higher so I can see better. Okay. Wow. Just about everybody. in. Let me ask you this. How many's had a bad experience with church? Had a bad experience. So here, here, here's what you need to know. The temple wasn't perfect. The church isn't perfect. The church isn't perfect. But, but you're not perfect. Right? God is perfect. So we don't come to church because people are perfect. We come to church because God's perfect. And that's got to be the focus of why. Y'all good? So imperfections is not what this is about. We, you're going you're gonna to have it. You're going to have it. I've been doing this 40, over 40 years. Over 40 years, believe it or not. 40 years. And I'm telling you, we have had some horrendous times. It's been bad, bad, bad. There's been times that, you know, death would have been a nice out. You know, it just would have been. Then there had, there's, but here's the deal. After 40 some years, I can say no regrets. No regrets. I'm, I, I can look at it and say, I don't regret. Now, do I regret a decision or two? Yeah, but no regrets about the commitment. No regrets about being firmly Planted, and I'm going to. Can I just touch this? Listen, get planted. When we went to Winfield, and and Pastor Casey was raised just a few miles from there, and Winfield's a small town, and and where he was raised was a suburb of Winfield, so it was really small, and uh, so there was there wasn't much there. But when when we went to plant, and we were talking to a small group of people. 
I looked them in the eye and I said, here's what I want to do. If I come here, this is a life assignment. I'm staying. My children are going to start school and finish school here. We're here, good, bad, ugly. We're here. We're planted here. Now, we've had three kids. I've got a 43-year-old, a 40-year-old, and a 24-year-old daughter. And all three graduated from the same school. They started kindergarten. They finished there. I, what I'm saying is, and we're there. We're planted. We said we're not here for a season. And here's my statement. If you're just looking for somebody for about two or three years and tired of them, I'm not the guy. I'm here for the long haul. Well, 40 years later has proven that out. And here's what I can tell you. At this point, it is better than it's ever been in 40 years. Now, there's been a process, and when you're two years old, there's process that you're going to go. But here's what I'm telling you. I'm standing here to tell you that you've got a future, you've got a hope, and you're going to do exceedingly well, but you got to decide at at this point, listen, we're, we're two years in, but we're looking to be 20 years in, and we're committed for that, and get in the house with everything you have. I promise you this, you're going to find more than you can imagine. God's going to do some amazing things, absolutely amazing things. So Jesus, so Jesus then, let's think about a couple of things real quickly. What the temple meant to him. What it meant to him was, one, that he was able to identify himself. He was able to identify his mission. And then he was able to sustain it and walk it out and ultimately do, ex which is amazing to me, exactly when he was there talking to those guys, and I'm sure they were talking about the sacrifices, and they were talking about, this is Passover. We're talking all about this, and only to realize about 20 years later, he was going to be that lamb. He was going to be that, and I love the way Jesus, over and over, said, when Peter said, mm-mm, you can't, no, 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 you're not going to die. And uh, Jesus said, you know, you, you're, talking, you, you're talking with the mouth of the devil for this purpose I came. I knew my purpose, and he walked that purpose out so that we can sit here today in the house of God, worship, enter into his presence, and know him. Finally, and I am, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing with this. There's a, one last statement here. Jesus, let me say it this way, the word of God came alive to him in the house. Yes, sir. Now, you said, how did that happen? Because his mama said, you may be the son of God, but right now you're going home with us. <laughs> you're going home, boy. And it's interesting, it says, he submitted himself. Hello. He submitted himself to his earthly 
parents went back to Nazareth and got mad and never said another word. No. Scripture says he went back with them to Nazareth and he grew. And he grew. And he grew. How did he grow? He grew in wisdom. He grew, it says stature, age. But here's the awesome, and in favor with God and man. You learn those lessons in the house. I learn what it is to be in submission. I learn what it is to have authority. Hello. And the word of God comes alive in the house. That's why we do church. Let me just wrap up by saying this. We do church because church is where people can find the Father. We build buildings, we do outreaches, we do prayer, and we do fasting, and, and we do giving, and we do all of that for one purpose, that people can come to know God as their Father. And you can't know God as Father unless you know Christ, his Son. So, Father, this morning, in this room today, if there's anyone here, if there's anyone here that needs a father, I'm asking Holy Spirit, touch their heart, cause them to recognize they can find their father, they can actually find their identity in this room today by calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you're building your church. You're building your people. And nothing the enemy can do will stop that. There is no power of hell that can overcome it. We thank you today that you have already given the victory. You've already caused us to be triumphant. And so I pray this morning even over hope unlimited that the future, that the future, Lord, is exceedingly and abundantly blessed in every way. Lord, I thank you right now for every person in here that has firmly planted their foot in this place. And they're saying, we're believing, we're, we're trusting, we're putting everything, we're going all in today that this church is going to be the city on a hill, the light that can't be hidden, the salt in this region that brings transformation and change into multitudes of lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, 
please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.